0: back to parenting is political. This is Mo. My pronouns are they, them.
1: This is Jasmine. My pronouns are she, her, and we are with Andrea. Andrea, introduce yourself. Hi, I'm Andrea
2: Presley. Um, I'm the founder of the Sunshine Project. Um, My pronouns are she, her. Um, The Sunshine Project is a kids meditation and wellness app that promotes conscious parenting for families of color. So, so excited to be
1: here. So glad to have you with us. So, a little tea and background. Andre and I are in Clubhouse together and Mm -hmm. ended up in, in, I can't remember which room that we were in, but I try to, in whatever spaces there are Black women, um, lend our platform to uplift incredible work that Black folks are doing in the community um, and for the wellness of not just. Everyone, but specifically ourselves and how we're transforming conversations. And so mindfulness is a part of how we raise our kids. And I was stoked to hear about Andrea's work. So that's a little bit about how we got uh, connected. That's cool. I did not know that. Yeah, for the record,
0: I am. I'm learning this along with everybody else who's listening. I don't,
1: I don't <laughs> to Mo. Nothing. Nope. Mo will be like, Mo be like, so we uh, we have an interview. I'm like, yeah, it's, it's in five minutes. Get ready. Literally, how it went. <laughs> They're like, okay, all right. <laughs> I'm put a shirt on. That sounds good. <laughs> Mo's like, you're gonna organize or get ready. I'm like, you take it too seriously. We just black. That's like that's
2: like typical. That might be a typical wife thing, just like, "Hey, about this thing though, that I think we should probably do." And you're like, "Oh, what is it? I don't, I don't really know, but just, just come on in here." Yeah, I feel like that happens a lot.
1: Totally, (laughs) totally. And then if Mo gets upset about it, I'm like, "Listen, colonizer." You better just like say- I'm turning the tables on you. All right? yeah, I'm like, this is just schedule reparations. Okay, <laughs> <This is> schedule- <laughs> we didn't have it on the agenda when y'all took us from our motherland. Okay, so y'all popped up <laughs> five minutes later. <laughs> we were on a boat. Oh my god,
2: Mo, I, feel, I feel like there are con- like. Consistent laughing probably all day long with each oh, other.
0: all day long. Well, the people <laughs> didn't know when they started listening to Parenting's political that it was gonna be comedy hour, but they know at this point we we like to laugh a lot. I'm secretly very
1: funny. Yeah.
2: Me too. I'm one of those people. I had a um I had an interview earlier uh with another beautiful black woman that I met on Clubhouse. She's a, a journalist for ESPN okay so we're, we're like we're like talking and this is our second conversation and she is just cracking up she's like you are hilarious i'm like i really am but i i feel like honestly i couldn't be a stand-up comedian i don't think they would be able to handle it like a mother trying to have duality what's that
0: yeah <laughs> we never talk about that on the show do that's, Jasmine? that's so real <laughs> Today <laughs> can be the day
1: <laughs> so you so you are a mother you're a mom tell us about what yeah. parenthood looks like for you
2: Ooh, it is a roller coaster. It's fun. It's sometimes I'm crying in a corner. Um, I mean, and that's just the real, real on uh, that. Uh, my daughter, her name is Parker. She's four. Her birthday is on Sunday, so See, she'll you be fine. In Aquarius. How
0: you look,
2: <laughs> like just on behalf of just I don't know everyone. I'm so sorry for bringing another one into the world because friend is an Aquarius and that girl I love her but
1: weirdos be feeling all kinds of strange things I'm like what they're
0: unique okay <laughs> I think that's what I prefer they are weird
1: <laughs> the, the sign, yes. yes I was like fishy is right I don't know how one person can have so many conspiracy theories live inside of them <laughs>
2: Report. I do. I, you know what's funny that you say that. I do feel like she's secretly planning something, but she's not telling me about it. Like I don't know what she's planning for, but there's definitely something. Mm-hmm. What? She do You have a four year old. Yeah, she's like taking like taking random things to school in her backpack. I'm like, are you like leaving? Like what's happening? Like are you like moving out? Like slowly
1: moving I- out. <laughs> Just what you're doing. Help like, me. Enough of your shit. <laughs> I'm gonna mindfully pack my things and go. <laughs> I mean, she
2: could, she's very welcome to go to her father's, you know, (laughs) I co-parent, I co-parent. So she's, she's here. Um, that's the thing she's here. Um, two weeks on, like two weeks on, two weeks off. So, you know, she does leave. And so I'm just like, you know, okay, well, Siren, all right, you know, have a great rest of your month. I'm going to go do, you know, single things, have fun.
1: So tell me about, uh, this work that you do around mindfulness and how it was created. Give me, give me all of your background story. Oh,
2: okay. So, um, I like to speak succinctly. So long story short, um, I got into yoga which I really didn't know anything about. I'm a little black girl from the hood. I grew up in Detroit, Michigan. And then okay. the rest, my mother thought, you know, she'd get us out of there, you know, like no hood for us. And then like from Detroit, and she was like, she's going to take us to a better place. So then she moved us to the murder capital of the country, Jacksonville, Florida. And so here I am. Um, <laughs> she's like, you know what? I know what's better. And so um, mom, if you're listening, I love you. There's no judgment. Shout out to mom. Um, <laughs> Right,
1: might be safer going back to Detroit.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I moved here um, and went to uh, the University of Central Florida, Florida in Orlando for college. had a huge gym, blah, blah, blah. I was stressed the hell out. I went to go do yoga, and I was like, this is kind of strange, but I kind of like it. Uh, but then, honestly, it was very white, uh, like a lot of uh, like wellness spaces are. And I was like, well, where do I fit in here? There were literally no other black girls in class. Um, then I, like, did a little bit more research. I figured out, okay, meditation, that's, like, supposed to be kind of a part of the yoga. But, you know, yoga as a as a workout is not the same thing as yoga as, like, a, for spiritual means, I don't think. So I took um, – I came from that side of things, and then I learned about meditation. And so now I've been doing it ever since I was in college. Uh, fast forward a little bit, I got married – had a baby, i.e., Parker. Um, Parker turned three years old, got accepted into an accelerated program um, in school, and she was ready um, educationally, very, very smart, smart as a whip. New things she probably shouldn't know, but she did. She's so smart. Um, emotional? Emotionally? No, not ready. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> not ready at all. So, um, Lots of trouble, lots of issues in school. Mommy kept having to leave work to come check on Parker. Uh, Daddy's leaving work to come check on Parker. Parker's hitting children. She's blowing up. Just like all these weird things that don't happen at home. You know how you're like, no, my baby's an angel. And the teacher's like, hmm, you know? So um, (laughs) that's what happened. And I got sick of going to get her. I got tired of like, just like this, apparently my Daughter turning into the Hulk when she went to school. So, you know, I got on her level with it. I was like, hey, dude, what's going on? You know, like, tell me what's up. And obviously a three-year-old cannot express themselves (laughs) as well as we can. They don't have full command of the English language quite yet. So teaching her, I taught her breathwork first. So just um, uh, basically a tool to help her to calm down and and, um, also to, oh, excuse me, sorry. Understand when um, she was feeling like she was going to be frustrated, mm-hmm. right? So, under kind of helping her to understand her triggers a little bit better. And honestly, it brought, it brought me back to meditating daily because that was a really trying time for me. I was like, listen, okay, mm-hmm. you know, I'm a black panther. <laughs> I was like, mm, you don't want to get it, okay, ma'am? Just get it together. And so, um, taught her breath work. Um, and then we flowed into basically a, a guided meditation slash visualization. Um, and we did that consistently for about two weeks. And then we seen improvement. And then I just kept doing it with her consistently. And she just got better and better and better. Uh, she started to have less blow ups at school. Um, it was easier to calm her down and like target, you know what I mean? Like just different things that I noticed were getting better and better. The more we, um, implemented like these different, uh, mindfulness and meditation strategies like in her everyday life. So, but also the more that I meditated too. So there's that, that's a key component.
1: I think, I think that that's, it's so indicative of something that happens often, right? Is caring parents, particularly parents of color, who who don't always have the same resources available to us as our white peers start problem solving and figuring out solutions and then implement it. And then, of course, we go, oh, we could do this for other people. Um, and it's how like a liberatory black praxis really transforms so much. And I think also, you know, it's pretty revolutionary. Um, you know, We you, going back to what you're saying around yoga and meditation, you know, that's Eastern medicine. Um, and capitalism really has taken hold of um, indigenous practices and monetized it in a way that kind of strips it of its sacred, the, the power, the energy behind it. And so anything that we do as people of color, particularly black folks or, you know, truly folks who have experienced colonization to invite our young people to invite ourselves back in connection with our bodies that have been sites of such violence and domination and such projection. It's such a beautiful gift to pass down and give. Um, And we've used sensory sort of somatic mindful stuff with the kids, um, with our young people as well our oldest three are trauma survivors. Their their biological father sexually assaulted all three of them um, from very, very young ages. And so um, when they were in the height of dealing with um, their trauma therapies with all of their clinicians and doing legal interviews and all, all of those sort of things, we use a lot of mindfulness and breath work to sort of ground them and help them create some stability to that process. And I think it still serves them today. We We get folks who have interacted with the older three and go your kids are sexual assault survivors like they're they're mm-hmm. they're, they're uh, parental rape survivors and they seem yeah. just so grounded and I'm just like yeah like there was that consistency it was that sort of like energetic process that they can now call up um and it's now it's almost second nature to mm-hmm. to the to the the middle and the, and the youngest one especially yeah our teenager, she's just like I I, I swipe for my meditation. <laughs> uh, she's 13 and she don't think anything. She's you need like, to- I'm meditating, all right. <laughs> but that story is wonderful that, that you were able to call up these resources for your, your young person. Tell me what it's like now doing this work and introducing to other people or how can maybe our community get involved and really understand um, how to use what your product or what you have for them?
2: Yeah. So, um, I guess I feel like that's kind of like a two part question. What it's like bringing it to to other people. Um, I'm, I mean, I'm taking beta testers right now. So I'm trying to figure that out. What it's like for other people. That's the question that I'm trying to answer (laughs) on the uh, product viability standpoint, uh, meaning, I don't want to like start speaking tech lingo, uh, just trying to figure out if this idea is worth pursuing, um, further than my local community. I know that it is, but proving that it is, is what I'm working on right now. Uh, But after I helped Parker, I helped several other friends. And so what that felt like um, really was liberation work. It felt like freedom uh, for a lot of parents, um, specifically because I remember I said that me doing the meditation was as equally important as Parker doing it. Um, When we are stressed as parents, our child is, can be stressed. They are very, very, very smart. Um, We don't give children enough credit, Mm -hmm. specifically on um, the intuition, the intuitiveness of a child, picking up your energy and the way that you feel. And then from the standpoint of monkey see, monkey do, children will do exactly what you do. They're not gonna listen to you. the, The thing you tell them to do, unless you're telling them to do something that you already do, really they're learning by watching. And so for me, the key component that I teach, um, well, that I taught my friends and stuff as I was kind of like, you know, helping people. Really, it wasn't even like I said, oh, let's make this a business. It was people came to me after they seen Turnaround and I started talking to people about it. And then that's what happened. It wasn't, I wasn't thinking, ooh, children, sounds fun. That wasn't, (laughs) I was not thinking that. Uh, As an asterisk, Parker is my one and only child. Okay, the only way I'm having another one, I've got to be like, I gotta be loaded. I'm talking nanny cook everything I need. Okay. (laughs)
0: I'm
2: just just telling (laughs) y'all. I'm telling you the truth. Okay. But um, so helping those parents, like I said, really felt like liberation work because not only was it um, helping the children like in school, but it was also helping the parent um, become free in a way where they're not acting out of uh, trauma Mm -hmm. stress, rage, sometimes depression. I talk to a lot of mothers who um, have uh, PPD or have experienced it or still some lingering effects. Postpartum depression. Oh, sorry. No, you're fine. I am an acronym giver. If nothing else, I'm (laughs) going to be better. But (laughs) yes, postpartum depression. I speak with a lot of mothers that um, have dealt with that or still deal with that. Um, I think there's not, I feel like there should be so much more research on that, but that's a whole nother story for a whole nother day. Anyway,
1: um, that you mentioned that um, mm -hmm. and a lot of my, well, not a lot, but I I had a pretty large bulk of my career um, Mm -hmm. organizing in perinatal mental health. Um, I was a part of an organization called Postpartum Progress, where I helped moms with PPD, and I created a checklist for women of color because there was Mm -hmm. not a postpartum depression checklist that was focused uh, to speaking to how we speak about our experiences with anxiety, depression, and mood um, because it was just white women. Um, And so, yeah, postpartum depression is a real, real thing. And, you know, one of the things that I've talked about, I think briefly in, in one of our older episodes was about dyadic bonding. And in the United States in particular, with this very like, rugged individualistic society and how our you know again naming how our indigeneity whether it's our blackness or our nativeness and and our tribe has been like broken up we um are conditioned to believe that you, you a child comes out of a mother or, or a person becomes the mother in whatever way that they obtain this young person to care gear for and then suddenly it's just like there's the child and there's me and they don't there's not a lot of focus on the dyadic bond Um, And then I think also like white feminism had this reaction against motherhood in particular. It was like, well, I'm not going to be defined by motherhood. And then it almost became pointed and um, blaming the young person for existing rather than understanding what you were saying at the top of our conversation around duality. You can hold both these things in tension. Mm -hmm. And so any kind of resource that points you back to understanding that you part of your job as a caregiver as a young person is learning how to regulate their own system is co-regulating with them if you're dysregulated and your energy is off and you're dealing with past trauma that is being informed in that moment with that young person they are depending on you to be like that grounding anchor um and and a lot of us aren't aren't given those resources to figure out how to do that so the fact that you were doing it um and you were seeing the efficacy of it is so huge whether it's like even you know things like learning to, to breastfeed or chest feed, you know, the first thing that lactation consultants will tell folks is like, you have to pay attention to what's happening in your body because if you're anxious and freaked out and over controlling about this, it's not going to happen. But the baby is waiting on your intuition. So I think that you are on to something just really natural that, um, well, not necessarily natural. I mean, that's maybe the wrong way to um, characterize it, but you're, you're on to something that is really, been lost as a part of our our knowledge traditions and our practices, mm-hmm. and I think it's fantastic that you're bringing it to folks. Um, so, how many beta testers do you have now, and what do those demographics look like? So, I have sixty right now.
2: I'm looking for about three hundred. That's all that um, I can handle on the on the beta version of the app. Mm-hmm. Um, because it, it's still going through some different uh, it, uh, iteration cycles. Uh, I was about to do, you, did you hear me about to do another <laughs> lingo and acronym? I'm, I'm doing it. So um, I have about 60 right now. The uh, demo is uh, the children that I'm looking for. They're two to 14 years old. Uh, that is the demographic. The, there's a five and under group, an elementary group, and um, a middle school age group. So I kind of break it down like that uh, because eventually this will be in schools. So it's easier to to kind of move the content that way, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Um, And right now I have more people signed up that are in that five and under group, which I think is, I I think that's great too. Um, I have more mothers than fathers signed up as far as like the initial person who who actually filled out the actual beta tester application. I mean, who's to say, you know, it could go either way. Um, But definitely excited for the people who have signed up, still looking for more people as we um, continue to move forward in in development for the second part of this.
1: Great. And then what does the path to launch look like? Once you get those beta testers, what does the next phase look like for you?
2: So the next phase... um, right now like as we speak probably as soon as we get off the phone i'm going to go clamor on the computer but uh, right now we are doing a, a no code solution to build the beta version of this just to kind of cut costs and stuff like that i don't need to go into funding for black founders specifically black women founders
1: no oh, you, do, you do this is the this is the kind of podcast where we have those conversations it's trash angel it's investors
2: basura.
1: it's horrible <laughs> And
2: terrible um that's when seriously. you were
1: like you were like I started helping people and I was like yo black women pay black women pay black women we be doing way too much for free and you know we 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 organize and work toward a world where we're not run in a capitalistic system that caused, you know racial capitalism in, in particular that was built off of the currency of our bodies and our ancestors but in the meantime, we still have to pay our bills, so you better pay us, <laughs> right? I hear that.
2: Listen, um, we're we're together on that one. I I could not agree more. Um, I run with a whole tribe of 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 uh, black women who. That's what we're all about. We're circulating dollars. We're building community. We don't play those games because yeah, you're gonna pay me, us, all of that. We're we're coming for everything. <laughs> all of it but um yeah it's definitely um a really big issue and I feel like um it def- it got more attention in 2020 but I feel like it was on some um play plate um stuff like you know what I mean like mm-hmm. in a way where it was cool to say kind of how like it was cool to say BLM but now it's like where is everybody and now that we're back on Black History
0: Month
1: <laughs> Mo-, Mo is like one minute uh-oh <laughs> Yeah. No. listen it, these it, folks were bad. all in book, in book clubs they're like i okay i read white fragility by robin d'angelo i'm good on that i'm ready i'm ready and we're like what about economic justice and pay equity and they're like what i read that <laughs> book by robin d'angelo <laughs> And you're like, but baby, it takes a black woman 19 months
2: to make the same amount of money as it takes a cis head white man to make in a year. What are we talking about? Really?
1: Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. It's it's, but, but it's do you have do you have like you have investors right now? Because nope. we, we need people um, who are listening mm-hmm. to to provide mm-hmm. crowdfunding or mm-hmm. and I also have um, this, uh, who, who was it? Where were they from? I'll figure out the name. Some very important tech person reached out to us to support our daughter, Zara, who is a product mm. manager um, mm. and a top CEO of a tech company. And she was like, anything you need, I'm happy to support because my daughter wanted to learn to code. Um, And she was a part of this trans Santa Mm -hmm. thing anyway. So they reached out to us and I was like, oh, okay. well, I'll stay connected to you because you seem like maybe an important thing to person to know in the Mm -hmm. network. Nice white lady. But um, (laughs) so so I'm going to connect you with her and be like, hi, uh, it's Black History Month. I want to introduce you to someone who could use your network. Thank you. Oh my goodness. That would be I'd great. Be podcast and the, I don't mind emotionally hustling white people. I mean they don't mind emotionally hustling us, so why should we care? That part that part. <laughs>
0: I mean so, so you're not gonna get, wrong <laughs> we're going to get you funders and we're going to get you beta testers is what yeah
1: yeah we will we will put a link on the site or however you want us to disseminate it and on the, on, the, on the um and on our email when we promote our episodes to invite folks to do beta testing right mm-hmm. like that's yeah. and we could we could easily get you 300 people yeah that would be incredible um yeah. i mean we get a whole bunch of queer parents queer and trans parents who, who are love like, breathing. like we love to breathe. <laughs> Yes. Come breathe with me. I'm so excited.
2: Oh my goodness. And we have, um, content, um, being, so you asked the path to launch. So right now, um, I am bootstrapping, meaning all of everything that happens here is coming out of my pocket. Um, like every single dollar. (laughs) So the content that's created, the meditation guides, all that kind of stuff actually have, uh, one of my guides are finishing up, um, the section on, um, Basically, the heart chakra, Mm -hmm. which I'm not calling it the heart chakra, which is a whole nother piece of this. Because uh, people of color, specifically black people and religion, that's a whole nother conversation. But anything about yoga, meditation, anything that even sounds slightly
1: colonized and the Christian church is a number on us around native religions.
2: You said it. You heard it here first, folks. I mean, it really is. It's problematic. So it's just kind of like I have to. I am
1: teaching the other way and then it's hot and that's that's no good neither.
2: (laughs) That's it's it's really not cute out here in these streets. I really need people to stop doing that. And so I don't know where the sign up, I don't know where the sign-up sheet is for that, but y'all need to walk the other way. I don't know. The other way for real. I'm sure you've experienced some of that on Clubhouse, Um, but yeah, so those people were wild. Did you no. ever in any of those groups? I have blocked several because I don't want to see that in my hallway.
1: Uh-uh. Oh, Lord have mercy. I was like, what? No part. Like the one that I was in on was when they were talking about how black people from the UK shouldn't be playing characters for people in the United States. I, I was like, these people are saying this and people <sighs> are witnessing what they're saying. <laughs>
2: i'm not I'll, I'm not gonna say nothing else about it because I don't like promoting foolishness because th-
1: <laughs> well, I'd be on some light skin nonsense, so I'll I was see- like, i'm just I'm just gonna block you.
2: Um, I was in a convert I was actually in a room that had nothing to do with them, and then one of their people came in that room, and what? she said she said, um, I was saying that black children need a space. I, I stand for black joy. Yeah, at all times. And I'm a liberator. I believe in liberation work. We need to be free up in here. OK, mm-hmm. so she was saying I was saying that we needed to give children the opportunity to be children, to be um, compassionate and have kindness, but also to show them that, too, and to give them hold space for them to have that joy. Right. Yeah. And somehow this conversation that I was in turned and started talking about um, basically like whooping your kids or beating your kids. Because it's not whoop, it's beating your children, right?
1: It's physical violence.
2: Physical abuse against a child, right? Um, And so my thing on that is at what point would it ever be okay for you as an adult to get upset with another adult and strike that adult and there be no consequences? At what point would that be okay? It would not, you would go to jail. That's what would happen. So doing it to a child, somebody who doesn't have far more vulnerable, more vulnerable, doesn't have full command of their own emotions. um, Their self-awareness. They don't, they don't have even a full command of the English language. Why are you speaking to this this kid? Like they're an adult in the way that you're expecting them to respond to you. Like, It just doesn't make any sense. So the person that was on, that was on stage that spoke next said that they feel like you should be children. And if you don't, that's the reason that we have weak children right now. I was like, I really hope, oh my God, like, I'm I'm not going to say anything else on this. It just, I am baffled by certain things.
1: Yeah. And that was one of them to go with a lot of our our community members. But one of the things that I've had a hard time coming to terms with as a light skinned black woman, because, you know, I I always want to be really, really mindful about how colorism shapes some of my opinions about my my darker siblings. But also. Um, not all skin folk are kin folk. And that's always really hard for me because I would be like, oh, like I'm light skin. I need to just like sit down. But then I would be sitting down and, and giving no matter what the hue of the black person was speaking and they would be speaking vitriolic, violent shit. And I'd be like, well... Should I be able to say something? I'm light skinned Should I just be quiet? But and so now I'm just like, well, I'll apologize if I'm wrong later. Let me tell you why you dumb. <laughs> <laughs> and that's exactly and that's exactly the
2: approach you should take. Um, I, I just I can't stand for ignorance and foolishness, and I won't let I, not not up in here. It's not gonna happen here, and that's what I know. So I was like, somebody get her out of here.
1: Somebody send her out of here. <laughs> Make her leave. Harpo, who this woman? Take her out the room. (laughs) Take her out. Maybe maybe next time, maybe maybe the next goal for scaling the product could be like a mindfulness app for ADOS folks. Oh my (laughs) god,
2: That is a different level of petty that I am not on. I'm a Virgo. I will play Patty the long way around. <laughs> I'm a Taurus, so I am stubborn, huh? I can be I could be very stubborn, but I'm also like I like try to rise above. Like I'm just like I don't have time for that. Mm-hmm. Or
0: snacks. So, you know. I'm, I'm <laughs> my moon is Taurus, so I'm feeling you're like, oh <laughs> Yeah, I got that. <laughs> but um sign so, though.
2: <laughs> what's your sun sign? Gemini. Gemini. Oh <laughs> it's okay.
0: <Yeah. laughs> Two face. that was condolences, that's what I heard.
2: I'm just no, I just was I was just trying to be supportive <laughs>
1: <laughs> because she doesn't want you to talk trash about it behind her back because that's what Gemini's oh. did. This is August. August is not as oh my goodness. Old. Yeah, this is August. August is about to be three. What you doing, boo-boo? You want to come learn how to breathe? No, this is monkey. Choo-choo spooky? No, there's a monkey. There's a monkey? Why are you doing pull-ups? <laughs> oh my goodness. Monkey. He just over here doing reps. <laughs> hi. Come here and say hi. August appears on the podcast all the time. We try to normalize oh. letting young people interrupt and be present. Abby is asleep. Abby is August's best friend is, is sister Addison. Okay. So are, is this uh, is this app going to be only on iPhone? Is it on all operating systems? So it will be on all operating systems because I'm not trying to
2: create a barrier that doesn't need to be there. This app is um, for everybody. And when I say everybody, I mean all people of color. Um, and so, I mean, you know, not people of color can come to, but we're centering people of color. That's what we're doing up here. Yeah. Um, but it actually, the way that I'm, the the platform that I'm building on right now, um, I think it's called an AWS, where you don't actually need to go through the app store to have it on your home screen. So you actually will be able to just click a link. Yeah. Put it on your home screen. So yes. trying to provide that accessibility to people um, who don't have iPhones, I just... It's, it's kind of like, to me, um, the barrier that Clubhouse creates with only allowing iPhone. I mean, I get why they did it, but then from the perspective of... Um like equity, like in a way where everybody, this could be an equitable thing for people. And, you know, even the fact that it's invite only, right? But for me, I just want to, I, I'm saying, I'm mentioning that because I, I had another talk prior to the other talk earlier today, like a meeting. And someone was like, oh, I bet you're finding great beta testers on Clubhouse. And I'm like, I am finding beta testers there, but that's not the whole
1: picture. Yeah. Some of the
2: people that I need to that's reach.
1: going to be creating class skewed data bias. Because there's no you said it. (laughs) There's there's no neutrality. Technology definitely has a bias to it, and it has Mm -hmm. in its bias of its creators are encoded in it as well. So it's really beautiful as a black woman that you're making those considerations because. Yeah. There are people with their minute phones that they get from Walmart or CVS or wherever else that may not have the same kind of accessibility. Which is why
2: later. So this is a it's a two pronged approach. So you say, what does it look like launching the app and like our go to market, that kind of thing. Prong one is business to consumer. I hate to say consumer or even business, but it's From me to community. I I like the way that sounds better. But that's the first one. The second one is from me to schools. Yeah. And so the reason that's important is because um, we have these schools that at least have access to Wi-Fi. They have maybe the kids aren't going home with iPads and things like that, but they do have access to, you know, a computer. They have somewhere where they can put this program. Like for people to experience. Yeah, exactly. And so that's what I'm trying to do as well. The reason why is because a lot of the problems that we have, um, As far as identifying the problems, like the statistics rely heavily on school data because our children spend most of their time there. So looking at that data, that's really when I started to see and honestly got really, really sad um, surrounding like the the state of uh, kids of color in this country. Which, by the way, a lot of people don't know this, but um, in 2020, Children of color became the majority. Yeah. They are no longer the minority of the 74 million children that are in America. Yeah. They're, there's no one, they're not the minority. That's not a thing. I,
1: I think I think that your idea is brilliant. I think it is useful and necessary. And when I think about um, you know, I'm an executive director of a nonprofit that does a lot of education k-12 through 12, all the way to higher ed organizing with parents and students there are ninety eight thousand public schools in the united states that's an incredible market for you to get all of um, these resources to, and a lot of them um have funding for this very sort of thing i'm sitting here being like uh do you need a strategist because like let's get programming on the app for young people with I, kids. Does. I, need, I does i does <laughs> i got all kinds i of- need help But look, I am so glad that we got to have this conversation about your stuff. Um, As we wrap this up, tell us, tell our listeners, what are the most important things you want them to know? And we will make sure to get um, all of the links and um, Mm -hmm. in front of them. But what are the most important besides the fact that you need investors and people need to be funding this?
2: Um, and the beta tester. So, um, we are, our Instagram is at the sunshine project kid there. You can find our link tree. And so if you click that, you can donate or, and, or you can sign up to be a beta tester. Easy peasy. Literally. It's like, I think an eight question form. Very, very quick. Very easy. Um, I don't want to be like sign, subscribe and share. I don't have a freaking YouTube, but (laughs) tell your (laughs) friends. Yeah. Um, because I'm I'm that I'm really just I really want to help people. That's really what I'm trying to do here. So the more people that know about it, the better. Uh, let's see. And also. Mm, what's something else I want to tell people? I want to leave some statistics. That's my last thing. So. There's not enough studies done, I don't think, on kids of color. So this study is general, but 6.1 million is the number that they gave a few years ago for children diagnosed with ADHD in America. Of that 6.1 million, 4.1 million anxi- were diagnosed with anxiety and depression. When you think about mental health and then you, when you think about healthcare, right, and then you think about little, (laughs) these people of color and then the children of color, the way that we don't have access to healthcare or, or, or mm, we are healthcare, um, insecure. Mm -hmm. So just less access. Right. And then you think about mental health, um, stigmas. Yes. We know that those numbers do not reflect our children.
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely.
2: So even if you don't think your child is depressed or anxious, they could still learn to breathe and meditate. So come on through. And that's all I got to say.
1: Yeah. More more self-regulation and care skills and, and learning how to connect with your body and be present is not going to hurt none of us. So mm-hmm. awesome. Well, thank you for being on the podcast. Yes.
0: I'm so glad that I got to be here with the two of you and listen to this incredible conversation.
1: This is, this is what Mo usually does when we have other black guests on. Is I they, just be quiet. Just listen. No one needs to hear me
0: right now. <laughs> no, nope, that doesn't need to happen. But if I may interject with one question, uh, which sure. I'd like to ask all of our guests, mm-hmm. it, because we are at Parenting is Political. What <laughs> makes parenting political for you? Ooh, okay, I wasn't
2: expecting that. What makes it political for me? Honestly, so raising this beautiful black little girl <laughs> is what does it for me. It's it literally, here's what what I'm trying to say this succinctly. When my daughter came home a few months ago and ask me why is her hair not like the other little girl's hair um, Mm -hmm. at school and that it's ugly that's what makes it political for me and that's what makes it personal for me because I take shit like that very personally
0: Mm
2: -hmm. (laughs) and um the way that it feels like the reason I'm fighting the way I'm fighting for the children that I'm fighting for is because it feels like nobody's giving them a fighting chance.
1: Yeah. And,
2: and that's the, all I'll say about that.
1: Yeah. Those those Thank of you. us who believe in liberation and, and believe in fighting to get free, it is our mandate. It is our mandate to transform this world so that beautiful little black girls don't have to question their beauty because they are not raised and or born into a culture immersed in anti-blackness and noir. so um. i'm glad that we got to connect glad to share your work and thank you so much for being on the podcast
2: thank you, thank you so much right, we're, we're gonna... so thankful and grateful
0: thank you guys